podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Rap Radio City Talk. Neil Atkinson, Josh Sexton, Jay McKenna and Andy Heaton with you until half past seven. Having a chat about as well. Christmas in many senses. You think it's over, you think it's done, but then you look back and you look at the points and I'm going to go to Jay McKenna first. There's something printed on my desk at the minute for work. Yeah. And what's printed on my desk, part of it's at the league table on. And it's like this mock-up of something we're working on at the minute. I probably should even talk about it, but something we're working on at the minute. And this mock-up of the, and someone's cut and pasted the league table. And cut and pasted the league table after 16 games. And Liverpool are top. Sorry, Liverpool are second. Chelsea are top. And Chelsea are six points clear. Played 16, six points clear. Uh, they're 10 games into having won 10 on the bounce. Yeah. And in second place is Liverpool. Liverpool are six points behind. And it sort of occurred to me when I was looking at it yesterday. Good Lord. Like it's now played twenty and it's actually five points, yeah. and it doesn't feel like it's been a hell of a roller coaster to get to this point. But that's literally where we are. Yeah, it's been it's been very intense. I think it's, been, I think, it's one of the most intense Christmas periods yeah, I can remember. Yeah, but not just in terms of football, but I think in terms of the importance people have placed upon it. I remember, you know, in, in previous years, even you know the season the season where we really won the league. Talk about that because it's the comparator, I suppose, for most people. We went to Hull. We were we were terrible. We were, you know, we, we we didn't play our best and stuff like that. But then we went on. It was in the new year that it turned. Now you're looking at it, and you know people have lost their heads a bit about you know that result at Sunderland. And I, I can't. Remember. I know I did. I, I think I was talking to Andy actually about this the, the other day. Who'd play footy, and we were saying if you'd have come out of just you know Everton, Stoke, City, and Sunderland, even, and said to even yourself, include Borough away, Jay. Yeah, yeah. Well, Borough maybe. So if you'd have said to yourself, right, you know what. We're going to come away with the tally of points we have there. You'd have been thinking to yourself, sound because you'd have you'd have been thinking to yourself there. A draw at City, I'd have took that. I reckon if you'd have said to most people, you'll take a draw at, against City and you'll take a draw against Everton if it comes to it. Because it nearly was, you know, as, despite the wonderful circumstances in which we won, it nearly was a draw. You're thinking to yourself, well, you'd have been made up with that that return. And now everyone's, you know, oh, it's dropped points. Well, Chelsea are going to be saying that because they've just lost against Spurs. Chelsea are going to say that from games earlier in the season. That, that's their bit about. We've still got Chelsea to come to Anfield. There's a three-point swing, two points. Would you say to yourself, we'd be happily... In with a shout of two points mm. off the lead. Everyone had to suck their hands up before Christmas. It's and it is the intensity of it. It's partially because of what Chelsea have done. It's also because and we're going to talk about everyone on this bit of the show. It's what before we get into talking about Plymouth. It's what Spurs have done. It's what City have done. It's what Arsenal have done. It's what United are doing. It's that's what's made it. I think feel so intense because you feel as though one slip, you're either going to be have someone coming up from behind or you're going to lose ground on those who are in front. And I th- I, I cannot remember a more intense Christmas period. Yeah, and it doesn't help. The the manner in which the Sunderland result happened and the the, the Bournemouth thing, going back to it, it, it pricks a deep seated unconscious fears that that Liverpool have fans are having grains in them through experience over the last couple of years. If we're two 0 down at Sunderland and then come back to two two, you know we, we're not half as bad. But it's kind of oh we've we've three points away, we've three points away Liverpool, you know we're doing this again. When the fact of the matter is we've lost two games all season, and you know. It's two penalties. It's not. It's not the end of the world. Although it. Although it feels like it, and it just goes back to what the manager keeps banging on about. About you know, you know, it's the fans have got to change the mentality as much as the players. I'll go back to the United at Anfield, where everyone was absolutely crippled with fear. When you know, had the crowd been a bit more up for it, maybe we would have got a bit, bit, bit more joy. And absolutely spot on. Thirteen out of fifteen over the Christmas periods, a fantastic return. And you've got to figure. What other teams are doing? Because if you if you if you're obsessed about what other teams are doing, you drive yourself mad. All you can do is just deal with what what you've got control of. The manager keeps saying that sort of thing, uh, Josh. But it's it's interesting that it's 
he can say that sort of thing because that's the sort of thing you say when you're when you're coaching I think and when you're involved with a group of players because all they can control is what they can control whereas the rest of us were watching these games and these games the other thing which doesn't help and why it feels so intense is the games will kick off at different times we play at one time Man United play at another Arsenal play at another Spurs play at this time and again nothing fragments that more than Christmas when you know effectively there was just all these games and some of them kicked off and some of them were on the telly and some of them weren't and sometimes you were getting score updates and sometimes you were playing first and we, we kept playing first and sort of play, kept playing seconds and the one time we played first we dropped points and so the, you know the whole it, it was a, it was a roller coaster ride of emotions yeah and it's all part of being involved in a title race or, or for that matter any sort of scrap that you can get involved in the Premier League whether that's top four or relegation or that sort of thing but I think it shows the extent to which as fans we were invested in it as well as a, as a sort of group of supporters if you will the fact that everyone lost their head so much because Chelsea were doing so well when we, when we were still getting wins week in week out and Chelsea were then doing the same and, and they were usually beating us to it as well they're usually playing ahead of us which which almost puts the pressure on you more when you're going into the next game so I think it just does show how much well we all care about it really these runs are form Andy these runs are form yeah ab- ab- absolutely uh, you totally threw me there I was going to say something else then oh, on. but uh, no it's look the way if, if, if you want to look at it in a to spin it another way you look at how our season's panned out so far and, and look what's happened and we beat the two defeats one of them was deserved the other one we were unlucky but look at what we had to overcome we've had to go with more away than homes because of the ground situation right we've come into a Christmas period where we've had to pay, play Everton away with Manchester City at home and over a congested period, and we've still come through with more points than than the league leaders. I don't. I, I'm going to keep repeating myself and repeating myself, but we've got the buffet of this. The, the, the tail end of the season is much kinder to us than it is our our supposed peers. So we can just carry on winning these battles and winning these battles, and not getting caught up with it. I think we're in a fantastic position. Yeah, you know what I. This isn't a talk down a title race because Neil will probably throw me out the window um, if I talk down a title race. But if you would say to yourself, begin, look back to the beginning of the season, even you know in that first few games, where would you expect, you know, a decent expectation of where Liverpool would be? It would where we are now would be well above any expectations people could sensibly have had. You can aspire and you can dream and you can imagine, you know, we could have been there or thereabouts. But, you know, if, if Arsenal turn up and Man United hadn't have faltered the way they had um, in some games under Mourinho, you could easily imagine Liverpool sitting third or fourth now. You know, I think we'd be there or thereabouts points-wise. I think, you know, we'd be not too far behind Chelsea, maybe even the same distance. But you'd maybe expect, you wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been unreasonable to imagine Spurs or Arsenal or City or United were sitting second and were two points Oops. behind Chelsea. And there was someone between us. It's us and Chelsea and the pressure. As much as people think, oh, the pressure's got to them there. Do you think the it's us and Chelsea? I think, I, I think it's us and I Chelsea. I mean, Spurs won five on the bounce. No, I think it's us and Chelsea. I think there's a gap between the rest. I think we've got a suitable buffet for our, what would sh- should have been our... It's only two points between us and Spurs, and they've won five on the bounce. Yeah, no, but they'll... But, but Liverpool will still keep winning. Liverpool have lost one, but Liverpool are going to go on a run, aren't we? Yeah, we had Bournemouth, and we've had that Sunderland game so yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. If we don't play Sunderland so close to City, that's a very different Liverpool performance. You know, you've got to yeah, factor in the tiredness there and stuff like that, and silly mistakes as a result of tiredness, as a result of some players coming in. I don't disagree with that. I'm just, I'm just more on the, on the, it's the idea to me that you can say that, for instance, Spurs, as I say, Spurs yeah, won five I on think, the bounce, United won six. Because I think we go on a run like that, then again, we go, you know, we got Chelsea and stuff like that. We'll easily put that run together. We'll easily keep well, that gap. This is, go on, Andy. Yeah, I've, I've said to you three months ago, and I'll say it again now. Liverpool, I think Liverpool will finish above Chelsea. 
I'm not convinced that wins us the league. I'm with you on this. I look at City, they're capable of a mad run. I look at Spurs, they look capable. I'm loath to say it, and I think it's just, thank God, just a little bit far, too far away. United look like if they hit, hit, a bit, hit a bit of momentum, they look dangerous. But to Liverpool, no? Of yeah. course we do, of course we do, but I, I just think Chelsea... My thing with Chelsea is, right, you look at the Arsenal Invincibles, they go 49 unbeaten and they lose three of the next... Look at them. Looks through the window, they've just uh, had a panic then. It's Dan Austin. Dan Austin's in the window, it. But Arsenal, 49, and then I think they lose three of the next five. And you look at that, teams that go on, on runs, when they lose one, they'll lose like two and three out of the next five and six. And I think you might see that with Chelsea. And another thing with Chelsea that isn't pointed out, but the, um, towards the end with Rodgers, when he, he won the 10 on the ten on the run, wasn't he? 11. 11 on the run. That was switching to a back three. Now, there's an interesting parallel here. Because it took a while for teams to figure out. No, that was the second the second season, the right. fourteen fifteen. But we went we went thirteen unbeaten. Thirteen unbeaten. When he switched right, to back on the three. back three, uh, when, when it went to a back three, and funny enough, Chelsea went to a back three and have had this one. But once we got, I won't say found out. But once teams kind of figured out a way to play against us, that we well, couldn't replicate that form I th- again. I think the only difference there is that the back three wasn't natural for Rogers, whereas it's been Conte's sort of system at Juventus, hasn't it? And I think that's where where people think it will be different this time around. But there's something else in this as well, Josh, which is to say that at the minute United won six on the bounce. At the minute uh, Spurs won five on the bounce. Chelsea have just come off a 13 match winning run. Uh, Liverpool have had one of their best ever starts to uh, to a league campaign uh, in general. Uh, Arsenal have started really really well. They've only lost three of the first 20, and one of them was the first game of the season to Liverpool. Manchester City have had bumps, but they're above. Arsenal and they're going to bet than two points a game. My point here, Josh, is that only one of these sides is going to win the league. And actually, only four of them are going to finish in the top four. And that this is, again, if, if there's something to maybe drive at at this and maybe why it's nice that this Christmas period's out the way, but that you've got to find ways to enjoy this because if not, we're all going to go mad. Yeah, it's that. It's, it's, it's definitely the most competitive top four that it, than it's been for years. And I think that's, I think that's a problem for a, for a lot of our fans, maybe, is that we're not really, we're not really used to this much pressure when, when we're fighting for top four or fighting for the title, as, as it seems like we are. Um, I, think, I think a lot of it comes down to sort of mental fragility, and that's, that's within teams and within fans as well. What you say about Arsenal and teams like that, and maybe even Spurs, is that, is that you'll question their mental fragility over the course of a season to go, to go on and push for that title. But but this is where I'm saying about Liverpool. I know you're saying about two points behind, you know, Spurs two points behind, mm-hmm. City are two yeah. points behind. Liverpool's focus should be ahead of them because if they start worrying about well, we've got I a agree. bit of a gap to them. I agree. The yeah. top the top four is very yeah. difficult. The, the, the gap between first and sixth is very close. You know, Ever Everton are seventh, but they're the best of the rest. You know, t- two very good teams are going to miss out on Champions League this year um, out of that top four. But what you're looking at there, I think Liverpool's focus is ahead. And I think when Liverpool are doing that, they will put a run together. So yeah, we've got Chelsea to come. You know, of the games we've got coming up, you're looking at Chelsea and you're thinking, oh, that could be difficult. You've got to go to Old Trafford. Chelsea, but Old Trafford as well, but we've had a decent record there as well. And you, I think the way we play, we'll get a good, you know, we've got, a, I think we stand a decent chance at Old Trafford. I think there's the derby, at, you know, the, it's not a derby, but you know, yeah. it, it, it has that same mindset to most people in that game. But if Liverpool turn up and play there, you know, we can get a result there. We've got Chelsea, but Chelsea are going to go to Leicester as well. Yeah. And it's the kind of game that when Chelsea goes to Leicester, Chelsea are going to want to win. Chelsea are going to uh, you know, want to bounce back. That's a great shout yeah. There's plenty of teams they, who are going to put each other's throats in. They're going to come, yeah, they're going to do each other in. And, she, and Leicester haven't got a load to play for, but Leicester, Leicester will want a result. They'll want to, you know, they'll come back against Chelsea and they can punish Chelsea. So it will happen that way. Chelsea will drop points. Yeah, now, yeah. All I'm thinking is where's our, we're five behind them. How do we get them five back? We get them five back. So they lose we at Leicester, we get a decent draw at Old Trafford. That's back down to we four. We beat them. Yeah. We beat them and it's one. You take that. 
You take oh, that. Take that. Our yeah, focus has got to yeah. be. Our focus has got to be. Stick to Chelsea's uh, tailcoats. Stick to them. And if they falter, try and leapfrog them. But stick with Chelsea because us and Chelsea have that benefit of no Europe. It's all well and good you're saying Arsenal, Spurs. You know, Spurs have just done five. City, United have just done their run. Yeah, come come, come February, they're back in Europe. Everybody, they're playing again. They're playing, you know, two, two, twice a week. I'd argue our focus isn't isn't even to stay on the coattails of Chelsea. I'd argue that, like like Klopp's been saying, and I know it's sort of a bit cliched to say that, but it's to focus on ourselves, and then we'll we'll sort of let Chelsea handle their business. And when when Chelsea do eventually drop points, which which they like like we've said they are going to, we just need to be there, ready to you know make them pay for it. Okay, uh, more on this uh, because it's the only thing that matters uh, after this break. That's nothing going to stop us now by Starship. Have a little bit of a chat about the Sunderland game, Jay. You said before you felt that Liverpool were that you could see that they were tied, and you could see that there was there, there were elements of tiredness there. It's it is the concerning pattern. It's the idea that they can't quite that a couple of times this season have thrown away struck decent positions against sides you're expecting to finish. Let's just say the bottom thirteen. So you're including, for instance, Bournemouth. They might come, you know, they might come eight, they might come eighth, they might come fourteenth in the end, but they're a decent side. It isn't that these side. Well, I don't think Sunderland are that good a side. They hung on in there and they they kept the football going. And the, you know the, the level of effort they were putting in was epitomised by Fabrini, who I thought was, was was probably their standout player across the ninety minutes. But again, if Fabrini's your standout player across ninety minutes, it suggests there isn't a ton of quality there. It was getting to three, wasn't it, for Liverpool? It was opening the gap. They just never quite managed to do it. Yeah, and, and the mistakes came from maybe a mental tiredness. It, it's just that Manny made the hand ball for inexplicable reasons. But you know, maybe when you're you're tired and your mind's gone, you you make those kind of you know stupid decisions because I thought Mane was really tired against City as well um, yeah. and you were watching him he just couldn't get at the full backs very early on he was very tired even when Origi came on Origi was chasing down I know people next by me in the cop moaning for Origi to keep chasing us like no he's not going to make because he's leaving a big space because the three behind him are dropping off because they're so tired you know so, so Liverpool have put in a lot you've had the derby you know which to us the 94th there's a lot of emotional tiredness there's there's a lot, driving yeah, us, yeah. so the players get done in there City will have been a big relief. So City will have been a physical, you know, there was a big physical exertion there from the players. But the end of that result, it'll be like, oh, that's done. Oof, you know, made, and then they've got to prepare for the next game. They're travelling, you know, there's no training. They're travelling the next day to Sunderland. They're back into it. There's no way they've put anything together. You know, they've rested the legs from, you know, a gym. You, you go you go to the gym on a Wednesday and go on again on a Friday. You're still going to feel that in your legs a bit. You know, so, so there'll have been that impact. And I think that's shown in that we haven't, put Sunderland under the cost like we could have I think if we go to Sunderland when Chelsea play Spurs we put Sunderland under the cost yeah no I agree I it, it, it's one of them I think I'd, I'd rather fully fit squad it might have been slightly different but it was very much a gamble that I think didn't quite pay off we definitely slowed down we, we have we have that in every game even the big games that we've won and put teams under the cost we'll always have a period where we slow things down me and you've had this conversation before we'll, yeah. we'll blitz 10 minutes, regather, have a little look what the opposition are doing, then go again. And just, they looked, they looked fit. When it went to 2-1, they had the look of a team who thought, right now, let's just get this over. And again, I'll go back to men mental fatigue as well, more than anything. That does you in as much as the physical tiredness. Because you're like, oh, we've just got to grind this out, just got to grind this out. When the whole, our whole season's been built on this momentum, as opposed to gasping to get over the line. And it was a, it was that sense of inevitability and I think, I go back to what I was saying in the first period, when you expect something to happen and then it does happen, it makes it even worse. 
I think we both teams went into that game, Liverpool Sunderland, off off the back of completely different results in terms of physical and mental tiredness. I mean, we put everything into City, into City mentally and physically, and then after, like Jay said, it felt like a massive relief. Sunderland, on the other hand, came off the back of losing four one to Burnley, wasn't it? Physically, that that probably didn't take very much out of them, but mentally, they they've been thinking we've got to bounce back next game. It's Liverpool because that was that Burnley game was a game we were meant to win. And they're not to so lose either, Josh. Yeah, exactly. So they they knew they had to come and take something from Liverpool next game. And they don't win if Liverpool don't make it happen. Liverpool made that win happen for them. Their result. Their result happens because Liverpool Does that, make that mistake. That you know, two penalties in a game is absurd for Liverpool. They don't look like they're gonna create the same chances, you know. Yes, they had a couple of chances, but so did we. We could have easily put them away. On the balance of it, that doesn't happen. Manny doesn't stick his arm out. The, you know the, the the free kick before that. You know a, a culmination of decisions, free tiredness. You know Liverpool was sloppy. Liverpool, if Liverpool, this would be points about putting Liverpool putting them under the cosh. If Liverpool put them under the cosh, as Josh says, they they go to bits because I think they think they're worried. We tried to contain them. We tried to contain it. They think another four one here. Liverpool try and play within themselves because they're tired and don't want to risk them scoring. They get a penalty, you know, we could have had one earlier on before. It's just a culmination of small decisions. That's why I'm not too disappointed well, by it. On this, I sort of think, that, and I'm, I really don't like, I don't like this sort of thing in normal football. But I, f- I think your point there, Andy, is, is is pretty valid. I think Liverpool's goal, Liverpool's second goal almost comes at the wrong time. It's either 10 minutes too late or 10 minutes too early. If Liverpool score that goal on 60, then there's a 10-minute breather before Sunderland's yeah. throw the kitchen sink and then Liverpool regather and then they have the, they have a good 10 minutes and they probably get a third. Or they, they do enough to, sh- to shatter Sunderland. If yeah. they score 10 minutes later, there's only 10 minutes to hang on for. And Sunderland, on, go, oh. Sunderland go off. Sunderland go. We ca- what more can we do? Sunderland doing Everton. Yeah. Yeah, but are we, are we under the cosh for that equaliser? This no, is what I'm saying. I no, think, no, I think it's no. solely down to the Liverpool decision of of Mane sticks his arm out. If Mane doesn't do that, but then we allowed them to get to the edge happen. of our box, which and and it wasn't a free kick, but then you allow them to get around that box, and it's and the ball's pinging round. You just think, just get rid of it, just get rid of it, just get rid of it, and then we commit that when when that free kick was given, I said to Nia, I said, yeah, what? Here we go. Here we go. You just had that sense. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and the sort of the games that were grinded out earlier in the season, so like Arsenal, Chelsea and Swansea, there was those points in the game where like especially when we took the lead, I I was sort of a lot of people say like, Oh, it's typical Liverpool to like let to let that go in the end. But those in those games, I was thinking we're not going to let this go. Whereas at Sunderland, even though they weren't creating loads and loads of chances and weren't giving waves and waves of attacks, I was still thinking I think there's something in it, this in this for Sunderland here and then. There's um, one other thing to point out as well, which is that only two sides uh, actually get away wins in that bank of games, the second, the third, and fourth. One Swansea, Crystal Palace, in a really trappy affair. Two other ones, Man United, after they play against ten men for seventy-five minutes, which obviously makes it a fair bit easier. And even that took probably took a bit longer coming than I think certainly the Manchester United manager would have liked uh, getting in deep into sort of the last half an hour there before seeing it through. Jay and that I think that's another way in which the fixtures have fell. And, and and this is a complaint for everyone. I mean, Chelsea can complain as well if in that sort of scenario you probably want. If I th- I, what I'm trying to drive at is I think that if Liverpool had gone Sunderland away, City. Home, Stoke home. I think they probably get nine points. That's what I'm driving at. That, that again, that sort of thing can just go against you. But then this is not the worst outcome in the world, and that and we just we just regroup, rebuild, and go from here. Yeah, it's you know it, it, it felt bad for us in terms of the gap between it. You're right there on the other fixtures have maybe helped us out. No, but no one else managed to do it either. No one else has you say, gone away from home and won there. You know, on the back of those fixtures, you know there were probably loads of people like there was us watching it. Um, you know, bemoaning some of those fixtures. Um, Mainly because it let everyone's coupon down. You know, Newcastle got beat <laughs> by Blackburn, for example. Yeah. Astonishingly, you know, I think Blackburn had a shot in the first half, and 
Newcastle bats them and loads of people's coupons are down. So that was going to happen. That was probably going to happen at some point. We'd have we'd have got through it if we'd have done if we'd have beat Sunderland. But it hasn't happened. And as you say before, you know we we still come back with a point gained on Chelsea it, from where we were when sixteen had been played. Now Liverpool. I've got it quite good. Just but it, it's always in the context of the next game, though. If Liverpool win the next league game, no one, saw, no one ever mentioned Sunderland again. If they don't, it becomes, oh, that's where it all started. That's where it all goes wrong. Uh, just quickly, then, uh, 12, uh, 12 points available for you from the the, the, Merseyside, the weekend of the Merseyside derby through until that Sunderland game. Uh, Liverpool took 10. Uh, Manchester United and Spurs took 12. Manchester City and Chelsea took 9. And Arsenal took 7. Uh, it's football. It's literally the way in which it happens. After the break, we're going to be speaking to Blake Hall about Plymouth Argyle and what we can expect from them. Uh, and then we're going to have a chat about what we, we would all each do when Liverpool face Plymouth at the weekend in the third round of the FA Cup. Joined now by Blake Hall from Run of the Greens fanzine. Let's talk about that first and foremost. It is, uh, fanzine culture is fascinating to us really at the Anfield app, to be honest with you, Blake. And, okay. you know, your one's been going now for a fair few years. It's fair to say you gave it a bit of a new lease of life, if I read the, the bio on the website accurately, but it's been going for many years, hasn't it? Yeah, we've been going, well, the fanzine's been going since 1990. Um, I've done it for about seven or eight years now. I can't quite remember. We've had a little bit of a break for the moment. We haven't done an issue for about a season. Um, we're actually changing because we're going to go online only. Ah, oh, right, um, okay. So um, I think it, it's probably easier for us and difficult to sell. We don't, I mean, obviously, we don't get the, the, sort of the fan base that you guys have got, um, although it's fairly big by our standards. But it, it's just going to be, I think, a little bit easier. We're going to go on, online only at the moment. So we're just about in the, in the process of producing the first online only one. Excellent stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, how many, how many different lads have you got writing down there for you, lads and girls, for that matter? Um, how, many have you got, have you, how many have you got doing the business? Yeah, I mean, on, on and off, we've probably got about a core of about eight to twelve that we've got that, that write for us. Um, very, very good writers as well. Sort of, we've got we've got guys from um, all over the place. We've actually got a guy that's based in Moscow that writes for us as well. Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You must have a nightmare watching there, the games. So Sorry? You must have a nightmare watching the games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's an exciting time. You last season, you 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 got to the uh, the, the, the playoff final, but unfortunate. This season, you're sitting currently second mm-hmm. at League Two, and I, I have a running thing, which I think I'm going to say throughout the show that you're on, which is that you know I'd ra- I'd much rather face a side as a, a, a cup a cup competition like this one, who are in the bottom half of League One, than a side of the top of League Two. Because the thing about this Plymouth side is that it's used to winning football matches. It doesn't lose that many. It's tight at the back. It's a good mm-hmm. side. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the main thing with us is we've had a, such a slump for the last six years or so, what with um, financial problems and basically mismanagement of the club. Um, and it's only really now that we've got Derek Adams in as our manager that we've really started to see success and started to really smell sort of promotion, really, because um, we are a big club for League Two, and I don't want to sound arrogant with that, because I think that sounds arrogant, because you are where you deserve to be, but... Um, our fans are sort of used to being a, a little bit higher, sort of League One Championship level. Yeah. Um, and when we're not in it, it's it, it's sort of not really where we would like to be. But it, it's you know there's some good clubs down there. But Derek Adams has really got us going. Um, he's he's quite a hard guy, and I think he's quite good tactically. Um, he's he's changed the team a lot as well since last season. Um, you mentioned the playoff final. He's got rid of a lot of the players from that team, and he's brought in some new guys. Um, this this season it was almost like guess who a game of guess who as to who was in the team because we didn't know anyone but um, yeah all, all things good at the moment we've had a little bit of a sticky spell uh, we've had a couple of injuries to a couple of key players yeah 
So we've been, because we were top of the league by quite a way, and we sort of started now. So we're in a bit of a three-way battle with um, Carlisle and Doncaster. So um, hopefully, um, I mean, we slipped up on Monday. I was at Barnet. We slipped up, and I think they did have you guys on their mind. Well, I mean, it's not unreasonable that it's worth pointing that out. I mean, we can you can go anywhere, anywhere you want on this, which is you can think, well, you know, a lot of the, for instance, a lot of championship clubs tend to rest players for the, uh, you know, for, for, for the mm. FA Cup these days, certainly if they're in, in, the, in the promotion hunt. But there's no way Plymouth are going to do that. You know, if, if, if you are playing for Plymouth at the moment, the, the chance to play at Anfield, it is a big deal, and it's rightly a big deal. It, it is part of the magic of the FA Cup, but the point is that the performance that they put in has got to be has got to be tip-top at Anfield, and there's, there's no reason to suspect it won't be, is that fair? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't, I mean, we're not like a Premier League team, like you said, we don't have the sort of Kevin Stewart's we can bring in from yeah. um, from the reserves. I mean, we've we've not really got that big a squad because we don't really need one. We're not, we're only sort of really fighting on the league front and that's really it for us. It's not like a Champions League or a Europa League or a League Cup or this and this and this, like the Premier League guys do. So we've not really got that luxury. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've sort of got a, core, a smaller core of better players, I think. I think that's what Derek Adams is trying to do. We've changed it slightly this season because of the way that the, the, um, the loan uh, systems work. So the loan system before, um, whereas you could sort of get players through the season, you can't do that now. We're, we're sort of stuck with the transfer windows. Yeah. And we got caught last year with a lot of injuries as well. So he's, he's um, changed it a little bit. We've got a bigger team. We've already, bought two, we've already got two players in from uh, uh, this transfer window already. The other thing that, that that's broken before we get onto the specific players in terms of where the club is is that yeah. it's, I've just seen today that the, there's, that, that uh, Simon Hallett, one of the directors, has yeah. invested over four million into the into the club to 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 help finance a new stand at, um, at, right. at your home ground, home park, and that's. <laughs> I mean, that, what, what 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 would what what do you and and the, and the fans and the local support make of that? The stand's a bit of a contentious issue. That one um, we've been told about grandstand for a long time. The, the, we've, we've rebuilt. I don't know if you've ever been to Home Park. You probably haven't. I haven't. No, I'll be honest. No. Um, if you can, I'm trying to think of where you can. If you can think of Southampton, mm-hmm. um, but on a smaller scale, they were built actually by the same um, construction company. They 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 came straight down from Saints and built our ground. But if you can imagine that on three sides, the two ends and one of the sides. But our main stand is still our old traditional stand. Right. So it's the two-tier where you've got the top with the seats and you've got the bottom, with it, which is standing. We're not allowed to use that because we were in the top two to top two leagues for so long. So we're actually banned from using that bottom part of the stand. Okay. So if we hadn't gone up, we could use it. But because we went up and went back down, we can't use it. So um, that side looks looks quite old now. Um, and the, the, the rest of the ground was built about now about 15, 16 years ago. Something along those lines. So even the, the old, the, the newer stand is not as new anymore as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so the grandstand's been quite controversial because they're trying to, um, they've been talking about doing all sorts of things with it. Um, but we'll see where it goes because we've we've been told about the grandstand for a long time. To be fair. Well, but it's uh, it, it it seems as though it's. If there's that optimism around the place, it might be that that's one of the reasons why the move that that that, that sort of things getting announced. Yeah. I know you're not you're not have much time. I know the board statements only came out out about four hours prior to that's us right, recording yeah, this, okay. so it, it, yeah. there isn't a ton of time there to sort of see mm. how that's going to go and how that's going to work. But it's you know there's there's talk of, for instance, a working group which consults supporters and all this. But yeah. you are right to say that, for instance, I've got the website up in front of me. Yeah, so no, I'll, that's fine. No, I've thrown it myself. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll see. No, I mean, no, I no date. There's no date, is there? No, no. I mean, this has been going on now for um, for, for years. 
the grandstand. So we've, yeah. we've been told similar things over the years. So really, it's going to be a case of we'll believe it when we see it, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I can well it imagine. It would be nice because we need something because I've, I've, I've went into the players' lounge recently and uh, the facilities in there aren't great. It's like being in, you know, I was imagining Bernard Manning getting up on stage. It was like a working men's club in there. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, but once it's done, and hopefully it will be done, then, you know, it will be good. Help the, grow, the club to grow from there. So yeah. who should we look out for, Liverpool supporters, going down to this okay. game? Who, who who stands out as, you know, you've you, you've got defeated by Barnett last game out, yeah. but who stands out as, as uh, I'd like to think the whole squad, to be honest with you, but given where you are in the league, but who stands out as at least a, a League One level, uh, maybe even Championship level yeah. player? For, for the first one, I'll talk about a goalie who was with us before. He went to prison. I don't know if you read about that, but he's the dad got his Championship uh, quality without a doubt. Excellent, and it's proven it. He was in the championship with us and, and was there playing well. Uh, Graham Carey, our, um, uh, I think what he would be to you, he'd be our, your version of uh, Coutinho, I would think, sort of attacking midfielder. Um, he's left footed, but he'll pop up quite often on the right. Um, but he's a dead ball expert. He's very, very good. Um, Premier League wise, he's sort of in the line of like a Robert Snodgrass, someone like that, I would think. Um, We've also got a good, very, very good centre-back called Sonny Bradley. How he coach for your guys, I don't know, but he's very, very good centre-back. Um, we've got a few good players running the squad, um, but I think we've probably more, we've already got a team rather than any more that sticks out. Um, Derek Adams likes to play with a big centre-four, but we've lost a couple uh, with injury, sadly, um, bringing other players into play. So Carey sort of suffered slightly of late, I think. But he's a Liverpool fan. So he might well play up above himself. Uh, it's it's one of the tough things, isn't it, about the whole um, the, the 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 whole setup. But knowing about this is is who who does have the tendency to play above themselves. I mean, yeah. you know, who, for instance, impressed in the uh, you know in the second round. Who it, it's it, it's a funny thing, really, because I don't, I, there's certain players who just suit playing playing a level above pl- playing yeah. against those opponents. And you only really find out when you get to see it in front of you. Well, the second round was. Um it was a it was a dour affair. We we we, we um, got to a replay and it was against Newport at the bottom of League Two, um, and the away leg was live on live on TV, um, and it was it was a, quite a delay on it because whoever won it was going to play you guys, so it was quite a bit of an interest in it. Um, but that was an awful game. It wasn't a good game to watch, and it was only really through Graham Carey getting a penalty that we went through in extra time. So we struggled through that. Um, I think Graham Carey would definitely play at a higher level. He's very good. When he's on form, he's he's unplayable at that level. Wolves were interested in him last season, but he got injured around this time last season, so they actually didn't go in for him. Yeah. But apparently Wolves were very interested in, in buying him in the January transfer window. He's, um, is he a player? I noticed he's, he's sort of he proved he's proved himself in sort of Scottish football more more than not. Is he is, is he a player that Adams has brought with him either through yeah. having worked with him in the past or yeah he's a yeah, he he's, has, yeah yeah he's brought him down from he's, he's Irish but he's brought him down from Scotland yeah. So he's a player yeah. that he very much fancies and he's building the whole side around. Yeah yeah he's very good very good and he'll he'll pop up on the right he'll pop up on the left he'll pop up in the hole. Um, He's he's a good player. I think I think Liverpool fans will enjoy watching him. Does he tend to? Do, does Adams tend to play a bit of a sort of therefore a bit of a four-two-three-one? Then that's the way he does. Very much so. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, four at the back, a um, couple of couple of holding midfielders, and then um, into uh, sort of I would say an intertwining three. With generally he likes to play a big target man up front that more than often not brings the players into play rather than scores. So the the, the player up front would would probably bring the likes of Carey, Jervis, 
slew into play. Slew's very quick, but um, he's uh, yet to prove himself properly, I think. But he he, he was once a million pound. Jordan, um, Jordan slew. He's quite quick. Okay. The other thing I noticed as well, looking through looking through sort of the whole season's form, is yeah. that. You're a side who are clearly very, very well organised. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a... It's nip and tuck anyway, the whole league of League 2, yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. There's not a lot of goals getting scored there week in, week out, but it is yeah. worth pointing out that, for instance, amongst the other playoff... Uh, sorry, the other promotion contenders, the other top three, you've conceded the fewest goals, but you've also scored the fewest. Is that yeah. Is that where, the, if, if there are issues this season, that's where they're likely to, to occur? Not enough goals, but you're very solid at the back. I would agree with that. I think at times we've looked a little bit, um, a little bit porous at the back, but generally we've been quite solid. Um, we've been playing Bradley, who I mentioned, um, alongside either Bulvitis, who's a Latvian international, um, or Songo. Um, Songo can play defensive midfield as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's related to the Cameroon goalie in the 1990 World Cup, if you remember him, Songo. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's his nephew, I think. Um, and we've got a good young left-back called Parrington. He's very good. And we've, at right-back, we've got a guy called Oscar Threlkeld who can play anywhere. He's come down from Bolton. Um, or Gary Miller, who's another one of the Scottish ones you mentioned that um, Adams has brought down with him. Right, OK. So it, what are you expecting then from the game? Is there, it, what, I mean, what, what, would be a, what would be a good result, if, first and foremost? But what, what, what are you expecting from the okay. game? I mean, what, what personally, I, I think, digressing slightly, but I think the club is making a lot of this by selling half and half scarves, half and half mugs. We're playing Liverpool. Um, for me, I'd like to think of this as another game. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think of it. We're not up there. We're not going up to Liverpool to be tourists. It's not a day out. <laughs> oh, it's a lovely day. I, mean, I, know, I know Liverpool well. I know it very well, the city. I love Liverpool. But I'm, I, I'd, I'd like us to think that we're going there as equals because we're, we're 11 v 11. Yep. I don't imagine you're going to play your first team. I'd be I surprised. Have, I'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, I would imagine that there's a few... Um, Fringe players going in there, uh, so I'd like to think that we give it a go. And I think if we play a, a, if we play well enough, there's nothing to stop us getting something. And then maybe you can come and visit Home Park. <laughs> yes, that, that, that sounds. No, I, I, I'm. I don't like the. I mean, I like the magic of the cup and all that mm. sort of stuff. But I think the key thing to sort of hold on to is that well, it is eleven v eleven. That's literally yeah. meant to be the, the the aim of the enterprise. And it yeah. isn't. It isn't a holiday in that it's. You know, I go to away games and I always try to make a nice time of them and yeah. spend time in the place that I'm going. But the serious business is is, is the football match. You want to see your team go toe to toe with whoever they're coming up against. Yeah. And there's no reason why Plymouth can't go toe to toe with with Liverpool at all. No, I mean I like. I think we've got, I mean, the last time we played a game, a, a team of that stature, we, we played Arsenal in the cup, um, and that was when I first. That was about the time I first started doing the fanzine, and we uh, we did lose, but we did score three um, one. It was from memory, I believe. Um, but it, that was a good day out at Arsenal, um, and I know the tickets to Liverpool are so cheap; it's unreal. I couldn't believe how cheap they were. Well, I think that, that, that that's to ensure it is a sellout, and it is a sellout our end, so it should be a cracking atmosphere. It should yeah. be a really good game. I'm going to pressure on a scoreline, Blake, before I let you go. What's okay. going to think? I, I'm going to. Well, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to stay a draw. Excellent, good man. I'll go one-one. I think. Brilliant stuff, made up. Uh, Blake Hall here. Uh, fantastic. Thank you very much for joining no us. Happy uh, let's, year. let's go back and see what everyone else thinks. Blair, there's no other way. This is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. I'll be with you now until half past seven. It's fast approaching. I hope you have a lovely weekend. Whatever you're doing this weekend, I hope you're going to go and enjoy watching the Reds, if that's your plan, uh, when they face, face Plymouth Argyle. Uh, £14 tickets as well, which is uh, very good at Liverpool, Jay. Oh, it's very good. Uh, I don't even think I'm £14. I think I'm cheaper than that. 
Uh, I think we're on to win 12 good or something. Come up with bank, um, which you can't complain about, even though it came out was about six weeks ago before Christmas. But you know, stop moaning. I'm not moaning. I'm just like <laughs> observing, like how you know it just seems like these games are miles away. Because you always forget then, because you're not because you used to the idea of buying a cup ticket a few weeks in advance. It's miles away. You think, oh, it's it's right there, and it's like, oh, we're playing these on Sunday. Didn't know that. It comes yeah. to the rush all of a sudden. Yeah, uh, but it's. I mean, it's good from the point of the fact that he's, and it's also good. So I'm looking. For, I would. All, I'm glad he's going to play. He's going to play a number of young players. I'll be honest. I'm glad because it, it's. It gives you something different to look at. You're going to get to see it. So I'm really looking forward to, for instance, watching Joe Gomez play. Play presumably centre back for Liverpool. Yeah, uh, I think it's a good opportunity for some of these lads who deserve a run out again and bring some back to fitness. Gomez, you know, has clearly been back and training for a while now, waiting for the right opportunity to play him. League Cup's been and gone. You know, semi-finals on the horizon. He's not going to play in them. You know, right opportunity for him. Ajari and that deserve a game. So does Alexander Arnold. I think well, Alexander Arnold, Josh, is one again another one I'm looking forward to seeing. And that you know, it's the the there could still be opportunities for him on the horizon uh, if he can if he can play well against against Portsmouth. It's you know not Port, Plymouth. Sorry, good lord, that guy's in real trouble for that sort of thing. Uh, if he can play well against if he can play well against Plymouth, you know, there's, there, there could still be a few times he could he could emerge this season and, and act as genuine cover for Klein. Yeah, and I think everyone's been excited uh, when he's played because yeah, he has looked sort of. Without trying to put too much pressure, he has looked a bit like the real deal, and like he is a genuine backup to Klein, especially since we've not got Flanagan. We don't have that sort of proper first team backup to Klein, so it's good to see him sort of rising up and being impressive like he is. And then the uh, the goalkeeper situation, Andy, he'd be right to bring Carriers back in. At some point, he's got to play again for Liverpool, uh, and this is the the perfect opportunity. Yeah, well, to be fair, he, he was doing the opposite when uh, when Carriers had the shares. He was giving Mignolet's head, and um, well, I don't think the goalkeeper's got. It's that rare situation where I don't think the goalkeeper's got no pre- any pressure on him. He's got nothing to lose because he's going to play. If he plays well, he just strengthens his hand for when the time will come again. And if he doesn't, you know. But speaking of goalies, their their goalie isn't that bad apparently. I've heard I've heard rumours. Yeah. I've heard rumours that he's all right. Um, so we'll see. Be a good little. Uh, It'll be, I mean, it's be, a good. It's a good rope. To, it's, a, it's a good stepping stone for him um, because I, I I think and I I backed him up and I wouldn't have dropped him. But it's not gone the way he'd, he'd hoped, and um, it's a good opportunity to show to show what he can do. And maybe with the, with him playing the kids, it gives him a chance to maybe lead a little bit as well. It's a bit, as yeah. opposed to get, getting thrown in the deep end where he's he's under all this pressure and he's got Lovren and Matip and one thing and the other, he's going to be the, the probably the most senior figure in that back four. You would have thought so, and Jay, you know that that, that, that then throws open sort of who one of the senior figures you can expect. I think we probably all expect Lucas to play. Lucas play. There's yeah. little points of hanging around, but Moreno. Oh yeah, Lucas. Yeah, Moreno, but that might be in midfield. Might so. be in midfield. Yeah, Lucas will presumably play. Moreno will presumably play. You'd have thought Kevin Stewart will get an opportunity. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think we've got enough young players in and around the team. I don't think Klopp's going to just completely throw a load of randoms in. He's going to throw players who've played. So Kevin Stewart's going to play. I suspect he'll probably play Emre Chan. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays Lucas, as you say. Adrigi maybe as well. I think he might be up front. Might give Woodburn a go with him or someone off him. You know, there's going to be first teamers playing as well as you know in and around the first team. The one I want to see play Andy the most. I've named a couple so far, but I would oh. very much like to see if he can get uh, Shea Ojo on the pitch. I think you know in the context of maybe missing Mane for mm. these few games, the idea of having Ojo to bring off the bench. He got a few games at the end of last season. He looked like he had that burst. He had he had a very he looked like he had a very good five minutes in him. Yeah, at, at, at Premier League level, and that for a wing is a starting point. It's something you can build on. Well, the, yeah, and the other thing with Shea as well, he's been on loan in lower divisions as well. Uh, not in the second division, but he, he's got experience. Uh, I think it was Wolves, wasn't it? When yeah. he started really well and then got ditched because of internal politics. And then pre-season, he looked one of our best players. Let's not forget, before he got that injury, he looked great. And then, because Liverpool have sat so well, he's not maybe had the look-ins there. 
we might have thought he might. And he's got his own fitness to build. He's got his own. Yeah, exactly. And also the manager bigged him up a couple of weeks ago, didn't he, in a press conference? So, yeah, big opportunity for him. I disagree. I I think our kids are good enough. I think I think it, it's one of them games where you got an opportunity where you can have the seven on the bench and you put your experience on the bench and come and rescue it but have if needs be. Have we got enough kids? If you think if you're done on eleven, you're so Carrius comes 11. in. Carrius, Carrius comes in there. Arnold right back. Arnold right back. Moreno left back. Moreno, Gomez, and possibly Lucas at centre half. Yeah. yeah. Kev Stewart. Oh, your lord, he's just gone, Annie. Your lord, he's just yeah. gone. Kev Stewart with Ajaria and yeah. possibly Emre Chan in yeah. front of him. Gruyich as well. Gruyich might be around. I reckon it's a six and a five. I reckon it's six yeah. in and around the first six. team squad, the Chan and stuff like that. You know, you bring in Arnold, you bring in Ajaria, you bring in Stewart because he's not in Stewart. the he's not in the twenty, you know, the sixteen, uh, the eighteen most most games now because of the numbers. You know, you bring those back in and, and let them play. It's it's six and a five. I think that's a decent spread. Then a few on the bench, you know, bring them on if you need to. Maybe give them you know fifteen minutes just to keep them ticking over because we haven't got a game then. Until a week later, do you not think we've got Southampton? We've got Southampton in the league. Online, we've got Southampton, yeah. yeah, sorry. There's an opportunity where he might stick Gomez left back and play Moreno further up. I think he's going to be loath to do that. I think I think he's very much into the idea that players have got. I'm looking forward to seeing Albi, is what I'm saying. I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing Albi. I think you might want to see him bombing on, though, Josh. Yeah, um, just an interesting point, which I just noticed. Ojo started the under 23s friendly the night, but came off at half time, so that means it most likely probably will feature and in this. Exactly. Alexander Arnold didn't start that game. Ajari didn't start that game. There's a full list of them who didn't get involved yeah. there. And Ojo, I think they're still working on his fitness. Gomez to come through. Plymouth aren't going to be any pushovers, Jay. They're not to win games of football. They've done it repeatedly this season. You'd expect there's a point, though, where Liverpool's greater class, um, and I would still argue to a certain extent, possibly greater fitness, will begin to tell. And, and I mean, we'd all be very. I'm not even going to ask for predictions. Because I think we'd all be very disappointed if, this, if, if Liverpool didn't just uh, didn't find a way to triumph. Yeah, uh, I think it, I think that's important. Though you're saying there about finding a way to triumph, I don't think it'll be as easy as some people think a League Two opposition would be. Um, you know, we found out this when we played AFC Wimbledon lower league. You know, it, they're playing well, Plymouth. You know, they, 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 we, we were looking at before they're doing really well in League and Two, and it's the biggest game in the lives. They want to come and make a show. It's the kind of game that for the first 60 minutes, 65 minutes, you might think to yourself it's one nil. You know, or it's a bit tight. They're going to be given an awful lot. You'd then expect Liverpool's experience to tell in the last 25 minutes. If, you know, providing Liverpool don't go and completely make this look stupid and angle clean it up in the first 20 minutes. It is the biggest game of the lives, though, Josh. It's worth pointing that out that for some of these players. It's, it's you know, the idea, I say, if you if the top end of the championship, you can a manager can say to you, listen, we're going to give you a rest for this one to keep you fresh for the league because next season we want you to go to Anfield in the league. Whereas for these League Two players, it's probably the, it'd be one of the few opportunities they'll get to play a senior game at Anfield for, for many of them. And they're all going to want to make the absolute most of it and fair enough to them for that. Yeah, and it's it's possibly like the grandest stage that some of them play on as well, especially under underneath the new main stand and stuff. It's, it's and sometimes these teams do have reds within their lineup, so that's the sort of nature of how this works. So I'm sure they'd be wanting to make a show. Andy, no, I think we'll have far too much for them. I think we'll have far too much for them. I think play this game a couple of se- couple of seasons ago, and then you're a bit more reluctant because you're playing the stiffs who haven't got a, a, a sniff of the first team. Whereas you just said then, our lads there who are playing every single one of them. If not this season, come next season we'll be thinking if I, do, if, I do well yeah. to, if I do well tonight, I've got every opportunity to get in here. Yeah. And and they, they, I just, they'll all have a point to prove. If I think they'll come fine, I don't think there'll be any oh let's just play this at half bat because the, I don't think we can play at half bat anyway. Never mind opportunity knocks for anyone who, who gets the name in because it's, oh, as has already been proven, he'll give the if you, if you show it, show it in training, show it in the games where you played, you'll get a you'll, you'll get your time. Excellent stuff. All right, then. A huge thank you to Andy, to Jay, and to Josh. Uh, that has been the Anfield wrap this week. It transpires that nothing's lost, nothing's gained, and we're still in the FA Cup, and we're all very much looking forward to Sunday. Who knew? Sports Social Podcast Network.